I know at our shop, I know at others that anyone that was, you know, even a couple of years in where, you know, kind of felt like, you know, deals were easy, transactions falling from the sky. And that's just, you know, they're realizing that that's not the case. And you actually have mm-hmm. to, you actually have to work uh, for the business and learn the business and know it um, that, you know, those people thought that it would just be easy, easy money or easy transactions, just like you alluded to. And, um, and so they've, they've decided to exit because they've had to go back to something else because that hundred percent commission, um, and budgeting and, you know, some of them just getting hit with a, a tax bill as well, that now they've, they've mm. already spent and don't have that money available, uh, as well has led them back to other industries. So I'm, I'm curious to see over the next few months, uh, what, the, what that looks like, but you're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome go, to go, the go, Ottawa go, Real Estate go, Podcast. Go, go. Where we deep into, I got a new one here. Welcome where to we the Ottawa Real Estate it? Podcast, where we dive deep into the local real estate market and provide expert insights and analysis. Hosted by Greg Campbell, myself, Paul Stevenson, and David Warren. Three experienced real estate professionals with with combined knowledge of over 30 years in the industry. In each episode, we will cover a range of topics, including market trends, investment opportunities, industry news, and tips for buyers and sellers. Our goal is to provide our listeners with the information they need to make informed decisions when it comes to buying or selling property in the Ottawa area. That, That might be the most tame, no? The most accurate. Yeah, that was pretty good. Doesn't talk about structuring. Doesn't talk about Greg having degrees and things he doesn't have degrees in. Um, and Greg's on mute. mute. <laughs> oh God, I'm still. <laughs> you know, when you have to cough, it's polite to mute yourself when you're recording. That's forgot mm, to turn it off. That's fair. Happens. That's fair. Eh, good to have you, Greg. How how the heck is everyone doing today? <laughs> Welcome back. I could be better. I just smashed my French press making my coffee, which mm, is just that's, a that's not good. Just, mm-hmm. just a real good. Monday Monday morning problem, you know. <laughs> if that was Friday afternoon, I could care less. But uh, when you're waking up, you're getting the engine going for the week, decaffeinated. <laughs> wow, Greg. Wow. Greg's got about as much mic air as I do coffee right now. Zero. You're on mute again, didn't I? <laughs> you know what? I don't even think I did that. Maybe Steven's muting you in the background. Possible. Uh, how was the week in real estate, gentlemen? Let's slide right into this. I'm going to let David to start because I got, I got a lot to say. <laughs> uh, no, it was a good, good week. I was, um, well, both Paul and I were in Toronto at a uh, mortgage conference last Wednesday. Some good, uh, some good content. Hearing about the industry, what some lenders are seeing, what some brokers are seeing across the country, um, which is always good to hear and kind of get uh, some refreshers and kind of hear uh, from the different markets. Um, and then I had the, uh, and the privilege of being at the Canadian Mortgage Awards the Thursday night, um, you know, was uh, there just in attendance, was good. Any listeners on here that were nominated, congratulations, any winners? Double congratulations. Um, yeah, other than that, was uh yeah, it was a long, a long week though for me. Okay. Paul? Yeah, yeah, there's some interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting discussions that came out of the uh the conference. It was kind of like a national conference for our, our network. 
Uh, so similar to yourself, Greg, there's, you know, networks, brokerages, agents, there's, there's sort of different tiers as you, uh, mm -hmm. as you work through the different brokerages and so on. So this was our national network uh, for Centum, which is, uh, you know, they have over 2000 agents across the country. And so I think second largest network after DLC. So a lot of, uh, a lot of really good content, as you've mentioned, a lot of interesting things coming from the lenders. Um, I think I mentioned this to you, Greg, but uh, one of the lenders, uh, a major lender actually, um, was saying that their economists or kind of uh, trajectories or forecasts internally are that they expect variable rates to drop by 200 basis points by the end of 2024, which was a huge uh, surprise, I think, even for some of the other lenders on the panel. They're like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, are you saying that publicly? What's happening mm -hmm. here? Uh, so that would be two full percent, which... Um, interesting enough, uh, before you get into your stories, Greg, I was actually reading uh, an article this morning talking about the Bank of Canada rate hikes, uh, and they were actually, someone was arguing that uh, that was among the leading contributors uh, for inflation. So although they were, you know, increasing rates to tame inflation, this article was basically saying that they're actually uh, causing it to go even higher, which obviously makes sense because, you know, mortgages are, or mortgage interest rates and, and cost of mortgage payments do factor into that. Um, but there was another, actually, there was another conference going on at the same time as our conference, and that was the Mortgage Professionals Canada Conference Symposium, which would have been uh, excellent to attend, but obviously can't be in two places at once. But I'll read you a quick excerpt here from the, uh, from the article. It says, the country's inflation rate may be coming down, but there are still some parts of the economy exerting upward pressure, including, ironically, high inflation rates. In its quest to bring inflation under control with 425 basis point of rate hikes over the past year, the Bank of Canada has itself become one of the bigger contributors to overall inflation. Canada's headline CPI inflation reading, reading fell to 4.3 in March from a reading of 5.2 in February and high over 8% this summer. But mortgage interest cost, a subcomponent of the overall inflation measurements, continued to rise in March at a pace of 26.4% year over year and positive plus obviously 23.9% in February. Uh, think about this for a moment. This is a quote. As the Bank of Canada raises interest rates to fight inflation, they're pushing up the mortgage interest cost component of the CPI. This was Ben Rabideau from Edge Realty Analytics. And basically just saying, like, you know, it's obviously a major contributor, but if the cost of, you know, food, gas, and everything's decreasing, but uh, interest rates are going up, then obviously that's going to continue to drive uh, inflation high. So this all leads me to think uh, that maybe she wasn't so crazy, the lady saying that uh, 200 basis points in the next, you know, 18 months. That's kind of what we were thinking six months ago, but then you know everything kind of stagnated. They, they actually put rates up again when we thought they were going to stay the same, um, and now we're seeing some consistency, at least from from Bank of Canada, as we said, I guess it was two weeks ago now, uh, holding the rate and definitely expecting to do that again. Um, but we will see where things end up. But that was kind of a, a very interesting comment that I think shook some heads last week because I don't think anyone expected to decrease that fast. Yeah, and, and it was and it was from you know not one of the smaller banks. It was actually TD Bank, and and she was quoting their own internal economists. So, TD and RBC are the two largest banks in Canada, and um, for their economists, which you know who knows, economists and Bank of Canada and our government and all of us have been wrong about the last uh, the last twelve months as far as where rates would be and inflation and all that. But <clears throat> um, you know they certainly do uh, have some great people on staff that if this is what they're seeing and predicting, I'm, you know, it's pretty interesting to go off of for sure. I'd like to, I mean, that'd be great to see, especially, you know, for my, 
my variable rate mortgage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, they're saying that the target rate for inflation is at 2%. So if we're still at 4.3, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to do something to to combat that even further. And, mm-hmm. you know, interest rates might be a really good way to do that. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on. We, we've been very rate heavy over the last uh, 12 months, more so than than previous years, just because of, you know, that that is what the headlines are uh, are pointing us towards. And we're, uh, what, what did ChatGPT say? We're here to to bring you the latest, I guess. We're we're structured or what is it formatted to bring you the latest and greatest in uh, the world of real estate. I was watching uh, one of the real estate, one of the few Canadian real estate podcasts that I watch on YouTube, um, Bald Prairie Real Estate with Matthew Pfeiffer, who is actually I'm in correspondence with to have him on the show. Um, and hit today his uh, or his latest one was talking about how the people or the the organizations that kind of let us know what they think is projected you know how like what royal page will be will predict that we're going to be down by the end of the year now they're reporting that we're going to be up mm-hmm. Priya is reporting that we're going to be down and he was just saying that you know he thinks in canada um well it's the truth in canada that uh, you know these organizations they don't collaborate and they're never on the same page it seems uh, with what they're saying about the market. So it's very confusing for the average consumer because one may be listening to one, one's listening to the other one, and then they talk. People get excited, people get angry. No, you're wrong, I'm right. And then mm-hmm. what happens? Yeah, everyone's reliable source is different. And everyone's yeah. reliable source has different info. So everyone's everyone's getting their uh, their information from, from varying sources. And then people are meeting at the water cooler and have totally That's different right. ideas of what's That's happening. That's right. And I think it's it's frustrating, which is why uh, sh- uh, shows like Torep are uh, important, I think, to uh, citizens of Canada. Don't listen to them. Listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> At least we can. We know. Listen. We can see what they're saying and kind of try to make sense of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit brutal. Um, Gregory, I, how was your weekend? Well, anything interesting? My weekend. My week. <laughs> First of all, I want to give a shout out to. All the agents that reached out for the pet clause, I kind of became uh, internet famous for the pet clause. And uh, <laughs> I think I've sent it to about 10 agents now. And the coolest part is that I didn't really know most of these agents prior to this. Uh, and it's nice to see that there's people listening to the show that, uh, you know, you just, you don't know until you know. Um, in terms of uh, a rental, we have, uh, I have someone who's a fan of the show uh, from the UK, uh, great guy. He uh, wasn't getting the service he wanted from another, uh, from another, um, from a listing agent for a rental. And uh, so he, he hollered at me and this, this other agent just wasn't getting back to him. He gave him all the information, wasn't getting back. So I kind of came in, submitted the, the agreement to this agent. Uh, who then followed up by saying like, oh, I didn't know that he was working with somebody. To which my reply was, well, he wasn't until you and your client just decided not to respond to him and let them know where they were at with the process of finding a rental when you knew that they were on a strict timeline. So that was uh, lesson number one. Uh, You know, that guy missed an opportunity. That agent missed an opportunity to, if he couldn't get the rental done with that potential tenant, uh, you know, he should have just helped him find something else. Mm-hmm. because it's going to lead to a purchase down the road potentially, you know, and, and referrals. So I was kind of shocked, especially being a newer agent that they weren't on top of it and uh, 
trying to gain the trust and respect in the business of this uh, of this great family who are now uh, <laughs> under my protection. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so needless to say, that didn't go anywhere. They've got like a basically a hundred percent like best credit you can have in the UK. Uh, a successful online business for the last seven years. Um, incredible salaries, 100K plus for both of them uh, in their business. And, um, you know, not good enough. Not a citizen, like no, no credit, no nothing in Canada. So that was ultimately the deciding factor. So now I have the task of, uh, you know, getting them into the uh, right rental and where they want to be. And no pets. And they have a dog. They do have uh, a dog. They do have a dog. And I've got the pet Klaus for the dog. <laughs> I was just so thinking of all good. those realtors. But anyway, so basically what I'm saying is to that agent, thank you for not delivering a high level of service. And now I'm, I'm happy to help. Uh, in other news, I had some out-of-town buyers this weekend. Also from the podcast... Mortgage broker they were working with watches the show, referred them to me. So anyways, fantastic. And they referred them back in January, I guess it was. Uh, so, and that's another good sign, right? Mortgage broker watching the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. And they're in Windsor. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Um, saw 30 single family detached homes in Orleans in the last week. That's the most that I've seen in one, in four days in the last five years at one time so basically if anyone watching has questions about single family detached homes in orleans you can call me because i've been in almost all of them uh between eight hundred thousand and uh up up to 1.2 million that is and uh i I gotta say there is a lot available that is overpriced in my mind um that's why they've been sitting for a while i think they're kind of on the cusp but i also think it's a challenge with agents and sellers pricing their home properly because everyone's kind of uncertain what's happening in the market Mm -hmm. and you can't really gauge it that well. There's Mm -hmm. also a lot of homes that although they're clean, uh, they're not really staged or updated to command the amount of money that they're asking. And uh, ironically, we ended up finding a property off market. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of where we're at right now, which, um, which is incredibly nice. And, uh, and that was really cool, actually, because it was a referral to them through their um, through someone else in the organization. It's a it's a transfer, and um, and after seeing everything, it worked. Um, so that's uh, that's what's happening now. But yeah, there's a lot there's a lot out there that um, people can make into what they want, and on some of those properties, the prices are gonna are gonna drop a bit, I think. But as as we say before, the nice ones are still selling very quickly. And and you said that the so bunch of them that you saw were not <laughs> staged well or clean. No, they were. They were. Most of them were very clean. They okay. just were dated. Gotcha. So, so you know, when you're looking at a home that's like, it's super nice to go through, but it's maybe eight hundred and fifty thousand. You know, for a four bedroom, mm-hmm. uh, it's got plastic on the Chesterfield, bath, and it's just like you okay. know, it's almost original. You know, it's shag like carpets. And it looks yeah. nice and it's in a great neighborhood. But again, like we're walking into it and it's like 850,000. It's like, okay, so you move in, you put in a hundred right away. 950, mm-hmm. is it worth a million? Not really. You know, so there's some that I, I there was some that we saw that I would say were a hundred thousand overpriced 
100 to 150,000 150,000 on on the the higher range and it's not to say that there isn't value in some of them because some of the locations and the lots were fantastic but mm. certain products were just too dated to justify paying that price and on a bigger home you're putting in 150 for sure over the next year or two if not right away depending on what you want for the neighborhood and for the lot but is it is it a 1.3 million dollar home after that i don't think so i think it's probably uh, with that update i think it's probably worth what it's listed at or maybe just a bit more mm-hmm. and i saw that i saw that quite a bit quite a bit thank you is there most of the product in uh, in orleans you're saying uh, 850 to 1.2 are are there many above that million mark and if they are, are they new builds are they like fully rented? what's the mix it was a okay. mix of both like i saw i saw a new build at 1.25 uh pretty fantastic mm-hmm. but you know newer newer development no rear mm-hmm. no backyard like basically like i couldn't believe it for the size of the home and the finishes and it it just didn't fit and also what I noticed is that when I'm looking at million dollar plus homes in older neighborhoods, they're more impressive just because the general size of the lots and even the entry, the driveway and everything, it's just a deeper driveway. Mm-hmm. You can fit more vehicles. It just seems more impressive. It seems like mm-hmm. when you're driving up to those older homes at that price point, you're like, okay, yes, I feel like this is worth over a million dollars. And when you get to the newer ones, when you drive up, it's kind of like, it's like, uh, it's just not, you just don't, have feel, good you don't feel that. You get inside the house and you feel like, oh, wow, this is impressive. But when you're driving up to it, you don't mm-hmm. feel it. And I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't experienced anything like that in a long time. But mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's something I got to say. Like some of these um, newer builds that are big, big floor plan and impressive just because they're new uh, cater to a different type of, um, I mean, there's a buyer for everything, obviously, right? But um, mm-hmm. I think that especially with this family in particular, the older, more, uh, the larger lot was more appealing. You know, the big yard, mm-hmm. which is something that appeals to me as well. So I guess I was a little bit biased looking at that. But I mean, um, yeah, the, it was really interesting seeing the, the comparison of everything. Yeah, yards, it seems like aren't, they're not part of the equation anymore. I don't know, yards just no. don't sell. I mean, they do on existing homes, but if, like you said, unless you're buying a, you know, in a state lot or something like that. I mean, you're getting, even if it's a brand new build, you know, that builder, if they have a, you know, 2000 square foot or, or sorry, um, 200,000 square foot area that they're working with to build homes. I mean, they're going to, they're going to get as many homes yeah, as they can in there. Uh, yeah. And, and utilize that space as best they can from a business perspective. So those yards, as you said, Greg, it's a good point. Like you look at some of the newer homes and, you know, you ask yourself, like, how is that a million dollars? But then you go inside and you realize everything is pristine and the finishings yeah. are all top notch and the floors are beautiful and everything is what you're, you're getting what you pay for, but different aesthetics, different style, different, uh, different buyer. You know, and, and to be fair, it's a lifestyle as well, right? Like for, you know, for us, you know, we like having a yard. I mean, our yard isn't, isn't that big where we are right now, but like, we like having the yard. We like being outside, but we also like being away, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, if you don't, like, if you're always away in the summer, if you're always like out vacation, holiday or cottage, whatever, it may not be as, as important. And I guess there'll always be a buyer for that. But, um, 
you know, especially like if you're a family, like, you know, I was sitting in this house, this big house with a small yard. And then right across the way is this same house kind of on a massive lot, which had a hundred, like a hundred thousand dollar premium at least. Right. But I'm looking at that house. I don't even know what it looks like, but in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, that would make more sense to be listed at 1.25 million Mm -hmm. because a lot for me and for the client as well. Yeah. Makes sense. Everyone's got their, uh, like you said, there's a house for everyone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Everyone's got different, uh, different wants and needs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you, the other thing that I noticed is that there are just some floor plans that should never have been designed. <laughs> there's just some really like strange things that were where you've got this room that just, you, you didn't need that much space in that room. You could have added it to the, to the kitchen or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got like this smaller kitchen and then you've got this massive dining room that's separate. And it's like, how much dining are you doing? You know, Greg, I, did you see did you see my home prior to? Yes. The Renos mm-hmm. like that was the same thing. So uh, I'm a huge fan of like older homes updated, which is kind of like my uh, HGTV uh, go to. <laughs> so found this old bungalow, but walking through it beautiful like in really good shape like you said greg like super clean you could tell the people really took care of the Mm -hmm. house but just extremely dated you know green carpets just not something you would live in but the house they had added it was like a frankenstein house so they added an addition in the back and then they had another section where they filled in the breezeway between the house and the garage so there's all these like random sections of the house which i liked however when you walk in and there's a random greenhouse in the middle of a hallway or there is a, a workshop hidden at the back of the garage or there's all these random little nooks and crannies uh not something that you're gonna it's not a turnkey spot so like you said there's there's always going to be funky things that happen in the house and every buyer is going to have different aspirations but i'm sure there was other people that walked through the house and they were just like yeah no we're not doing this no Mm -hmm. and that's the thing I'll, i'll be honest the the property that i just described was fabulous other than that one space for for me personally and for the buyer and it's sold, mm-hmm. you know, it's sold because it was, it, it was fantastic in a lot of different ways, but uh, you know, it just goes, it goes to show you there's uh, you know, there's a buyer for anything, everything, like I said before, it's just finding that right person. So Greg, you mentioned getting a lot of calls from people about the pet clause. Do you feel like there's not going to be, you're not going to have an, I mean, you may have a, an answer, but I don't think you're going to have an exact answer, but how many new agents do you think entered the market through COVID? And how many of those do you think are still transacting today that you're kind of coming across them and and you're dealing with these things that maybe they you feel they sh- they should know or should very have interesting question. In. That's an interesting question. There was, I would say, about half of the properties were with agents that I did not know. So you know that would be, you know, and I I didn't look up all these agents online. But, um, you know, the ones that I knew were the ones calling me like, you know, what did you think of the house? Like feedback kind of stuff. I still have to follow up with a, with a few people on that. But I mean, I don't know how many came in and how many have left since this all happened. I think that there's some who may have kept their license and gone back to their other career mm. um, and doing a little bit of both. I know, I know personally, you know, I've, I've heard stories about some people who just, uh, you know, they were balling out of control and <laughs> uh, then just got basically hit in 
face with a frying pan and quit completely because they couldn't handle the they couldn't handle the structure of the of the business now how it how it changed um but yeah you know what it's it's a really good question i should i should look at that and get get a get a proper number on that but i think it was probably about 50 percent were new agents that i didn't know that could have come out in the last last little bit i know that there's a lot a lot of new agents who are um working with uh, companies like right at home realty which is basically you just work for yourself and um, you're not really represented by a brokerage and have that kind of support, like a full service brokerage, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of that going on. And the people that I know who are in that business are exactly that. They are federal workers or they have uh, another career that they've been doing for a long time and they don't intend on quitting, but they got their licenses to help invest or help their friends invest mm-hmm. and, uh, and work in that way. You know, and there's some that I've met who are great guys and, and they do well, but there's others who are just, you know, they're there for the one or two deals a year. I know on the mortgage side, there was an uptick over COVID of uh, 30, an increase of 30% of, uh, of people getting licensed uh, for as mortgage agents over COVID. The renewal um, was March 31st for renewing your license. And so as a mortgage agent, you have to renew it every year. So um, you know, there's costs obviously involved with that. So I'm interested to see the statistics over the next, you know, that I'm sure will come out next quarter of, of what that percentage drop off was, because I know, um, I know at our shop, I know at others that anyone that was, you know, even a couple of years in where, you know, kind of felt like, you know, deals were easy transactions falling from the sky. And that's just, you know, they're realizing that that's not the case and you actually have mm-hmm. to, you actually have to work uh, for the business and learn the business and know it um, that, you know, those people thought that it would just be easy, easy money or easy transactions, just like you alluded to. And, um, and so they've, they've decided to exit because they've had to go back to something else because that hundred percent commission um, and budgeting. And, you know, some of them just getting hit with a, a tax bill as well, that now they've, they've mm. already spent and don't have that money available uh, as well has led them back to other industries. So I'm, I'm curious to see over the next few months uh, what the, what that looks like. But um, speaking of people going, not going back to work, I should say, would be the, uh, a question from uh, one of our listeners on uh, an episode before about the, uh, about the government strike because uh, they're not going back to work anytime soon. And, and uh, the question was, do you guys have any idea uh, how the over 100,000 federal government workers in Ottawa alone uh, on strike will affect the real estate market? We'll put more sellers on the sidelines or buyers. Rumor has it will drag up for a long time. There's a lot of different industries that this strike hits, um, you know, coming from immigration to passport control to uh, CRA, um, you know, import exports. So there's a, there's a huge, and I think it's actually about 150,000 employees. The big thing that it'll impact uh, from a home buying perspective is that CRA is on strike. Self-employed individuals need their taxes done in order to get a mortgage. If somebody is uh, if somebody is a hourly fluctuating employee, you might have your T4s. That's what you're going to have to get away with. If they're needing, if you're dealing with a bank that needs an NOA, the likelihood of you getting that anytime soon is unlikely. Um, so especially for self-employed individuals who are filing, typically you need your T1 generals plus your notice of assessment plus proof of your taxes paid. Um, that notice notice of assessment is 
not coming anytime soon and taxes are due shortly. Um, and so depending on how long this drags out and how much backlog there is, um, it could delay those that are reliant on those notice of assessments or um, CRA returns in order to purchase homes. So it will put, I think, both on the sidelines a little bit, depending on that, what industry they're in, from buyers not being able to finalize their mortgage um, to sellers that were planning on buying, um, but are in that same boat that they don't want to list their property yet because they don't have their documents or they haven't thought of this. And so for those realtors that are listening or those other mortgage brokers uh, listening, um, please ensure to find out what industry and what type of income your clients have in order to ensure that when we tick over into May and banks typically based on their their boxes and their parameters of what that client's going to need, um, if, it, if they're going to need anything from a government, a 2022 um, CRA document that they're going to be out of luck and it's going to be delayed. So be cognizant of that when you're setting closing dates, be cognizant of that when you're going out shopping, uh, all of that. And then even further to that, it was um, uh, for even just businesses that hire, like it's it's affecting immigration. So any of those that are that hire maybe um, foreign workers um, for seasonal, like um, that that's going to be affected as well. So it could, depending how long it drags out to to this point of this question, it, it could very well affect, uh, you know, a number of industries. Yeah. Yeah, I would just say too, in discussing with your lenders, as if you're a broker listening, also mm -hmm. ask them, like say, you know, client or ask your clients what they have. Like, oh, they have their, you know, 2020 and 2021 in a ways, but don't have their 2022 yet. Or as you said, Dave, just kind of get ahead of that or stay ahead of that so that, uh, you know, both from the client's perspective and the lender's perspective, what, you know, what's available and what you can actually provide to them. Because typically we have services too, where we'll just authorize the lender to get NOAs from directly from the, uh, from CRA or uh, clients fill out a form, giving us authorization to pull uh, different things on their behalf, but that obviously won't be possible. So very important to uh, stay ahead of that, Dave. It's a very good point. Yeah. So, I mean, Technically, taxes due next Monday, the first. So, really, anyone looking at that self-employed, looking at, you know, once once that tax submission deadline comes and goes, that's when the banks are looking for that previous year's most recent year's uh, notice of assessment. So, 2022s. Um, right now, because they're not due, technically the banks don't look. They'll they'll rely on your 2020 and 2021. Um, but as we Get up as we approach and get past that due date um, that has not been extended. That that's where it could uh, throw some things for a loop, and so some people set a closing date of you know end of May, assuming they'll have their NOAs or you know this or that back. Um, so just again, just for everyone to be aware, because it will it it is going to impact that um, and backlog things. Yeah, I wonder how long it's going to go on for. It's convenient the timing, obviously helping out Canadians. But uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you got you got to do what you got to do. So we'll see. I'm sure uh, it probably won't go on as long as people think it will. But, you know, you never know in situations like this. Yeah, yeah someone was telling me that uh, they got stopped on the road by uh, by a massive picketers. They were driving <laughs> and they blocked the intersection so that they couldn't get through. It's interesting. <laughs> Which is to be expected. Thing too, eh? There's strike pay. You know, when this started out, like, I guess you have to pick it for four hours a day to be eligible for strike pay. Yeah, I think it's $75 a day if you uh, if you pick it. If you don't do anything, you don't get paid. 
So anyway, we'll find out, but, but agreed to that question there are you know we're obviously a government uh town mm-hmm. a lot of uh employment based around that mm-hmm. and and yeah i mean you know they don't they aren't getting paid while on strike so depending on how long it goes for uh that's going to eat into people's savings um where they would normally be you know getting a paycheck for it and that doesn't get caught up so you know could it affect home buyers yeah absolutely um and and on the seller side too so we shall see we shall see. see. Good old strikes. Yeah. There's always, it seems like there's always one lurking in Ottawa. Teachers, government employees, realtors. Yeah. I'm going on strike. <laughs> I don't know. Realtors for, and mortgage it's... brokers. We're going on strike. I'm going on strike. He's, and he's back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're back. Yeah. We're back. In... <laughs> Short strike. Uh, mood boost, gentlemen. Let's do it. Everyone, everyone picketing probably could use a mood boost i'm sure they're not uh enjoying uh enjoying the uh the strike so hopefully that gets resolved quickly everyone's happy and uh hopefully these these boosts these mood boosts these boosts can mood your boost, boost i, I your have boost. one i have one paul i sent <laughs> it to oh you yeah let's hear it. instagram last night i don't know if uh you want me to you want me to start or you want me to do it at the end here um are you gonna read me the one from instagram i don't know if that's uh ready for the show <laughs> no well, I'll let you say that one. I'll say the other ones. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not actually. Maybe it is we'll, political. We'll send it. I'll say, we'll send it to Dave, and then if it's appropriate, we'll say it next week. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it is great. Yeah, you but know, uh, you're, you're, uh, yeah. Anyways, just that term, maybe. Okay. So I'm before you get into the mood boost. I am gonna because people will <laughs> shut it off right after that. So. Uh, I'm uh, I'm on the board and organize a charity event, Martini Madness, uh, going on May 12th. Early bird tickets are up May 1st. Um, it is dinner stations, live and silent auction, martinis, uh, live bands, DJ, live painters, art show, the whole nine. Uh, it goes on at Lago at Dow's Lake. Um, great event. Starts at 6.30 till whenever people leave. Um and uh, yeah, early bird tickets are on sale till May 1st, martinimadness.ca, uh, or obviously up until and, and even at the door, but uh, it's a great event. Been organizing it for 13 years now. It's in its 15th. Um, I think, I know Paul can attest to uh, it being uh, a fun a fun time. So any of you the listening in Ottawa, definitely come on out. Um, Correction, Dave, unlimited martinis, you should say. Oh, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm trying not to promote the... Uh, <laughs> the unlimited martinis but i was yes, yes i'm not on the board so i can uh, i yeah. can promote the unlimited martinis but it was it is nice to be back in person uh, obviously the past few years we haven't been and we've moved it from november to may so the weather will be nicer and warmer yeah i was i was Come gonna say out. isn't this usually in november that's cool. yeah and it's uh usually rain and yeah. snow and shitty weather so yeah. we moved it to may um we moved it to may in 2020 and then uh, COVID hit so that was a poor decision and uh and then we haven't had it since then so we're uh we're back baby i think uh i think all I right do that all right I'll let, let you get into it paul all right here we go we got uh three we'll go three today um okay number one uh why do melons have weddings because they cantaloupe not allowed um number two 
when you have a bladder infection, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, number three happens all the time. I've just deleted all the German names off my pre-owned phone. It's Hans Free now. Hi. Um, Hans Free. I like Hans. him. I no like assholes. Him. Greg's got his no assholes shirt on. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Auto Real Estate Podcast. Uh, we hope you found our discussions informative and valuable. And if you have questions or comments, please don't hesitate to reach out to us through our website or social media channels. Do we have a website? No, we have a website. Um, <laughs> remember, the real estate market is constantly changing, and it's important to stay up to date on the latest trends and developments. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for future episodes. Stay tuned <laughs> for more great we'll See you next week. What's what in Ottawa? Pet On Daddy. the streets of Ottawa. Pet Daddy. All right. We'll see you next week. Pet Daddy. <laughs> Pet Daddy. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.